Welcome to the Unstoppable Freedom Podcast. I'm Jimmy Page. Well, as you know, freedom is under attack everywhere in American life and even around the world. Freedom, even for those who serve in our military to protect our God-given rights, is under attack. Well, our guest today is Mike Berry. You've seen him before. You've heard from him. He's the general counsel for First Liberty Institute. He joined First Liberty in 2013 after serving seven years on active duty as an attorney with the U.S. Marine Corps. He deployed to Afghanistan in 2008, and he served as an adjunct professor of law at the U.S. Naval Academy. And he still serves as a proud member of the Marine Corps Reserves. But maybe most importantly, now you're fighting as an attorney to protect and defend our constitutional and God-given liberties kind of on the other side. You're an inside-outsider, which I love. Mike, welcome to the Unstoppable Freedom Podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. You bet. Hey, thanks for all your service in the military and now beyond in many ways. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, tell people I still support and defend the Constitution. I just wear a different uniform now. That's right. And you're not getting shot at with, you know, with physical rounds, but but I think you're still taking some some shots. Is that safe to say? Yeah, apparently, you know, according to the uh, to the left, words are weapons these days. So uh, if they're correct, then then, yeah, I guess I'm in just as much danger as I was when I was uh, on active duty. So, yeah, and it sure of course, seems you know, I, I don't believe that. But, um, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't either either. You know, it's funny because they talk about, you know, how silence is violence. And then we talk about, well, when you say something, the words you say are violence. And at, at what point, everything seems to be a hate crime. Everything seems to be censorable. Everything seems to be silenceable. It is, it, it really is kind of disturbing at this point. And I think some of us are just responding by saying, well, we don't care, <laughs> you know, and maybe that's not the right response, but it certainly is a response. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I tell people all the time, I tell my kids, the healthiest thing you can do is get off of social media, uh, this podcast not included. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, you know, you. but it, it's amazing the the level of sanity that you can bring back, you can restore for yourself just by unplugging, you know, for a bit and and not following what's happening on social media uh, even stop stop watching the news. I mean, obviously, we need to stay informed, but you know, sometimes we just need to get back to to basics and to what yeah. really matters in life uh, and beyond. Yeah. And you know, and that means not. You know, we we use this term engagement, and yeah. I know that you people like you and me, Jimmy. I mean, it's important for us professionally to remain engaged to know what's happening. But I tell you, you know, if you're a a believer, as I am, uh, there's also this thing called rest, you know, and God gives us rest and he doesn't just give it to us as a gift. He calls us to do it right as mm -hmm. as, you know, obedient followers. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And just, yeah. you know, you, you've got to have a regular it can't be random. It has to be regular. It has to be planned. It has to be intentional. Uh, the 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 time to just take a step back and mm -hmm. evaluate where you are in life, where you are with your relationships, uh, the, the relationships that matter, take care of your health, take care of your soul. You know, we hear about a lot about, uh, yeah. I, I need some me time or some self care, <laughs> you, you know, taking care of your soul and your, and your spirit is yeah. just as important as taking care of your body. 
Mm, I love that. That's a great way to start the show, actually, because we're going to get into some nuts and bolts about what's happening in particular with medical freedom, in particular with medical mandates, vaccine mandates in the military. There's a lot of things going on. You've been directly affected by it. But I'm going to stick on that point for just a minute, and then we'll go to the speed round of sorts. Um, I had a guest on the show whose name is Lieutenant Dave Grossman. You may know him. You probably know of him. He wrote a book called On Spiritual Combat, and he's in the process right now. You talked about rest. He's in the process right now talking, uh, writing a book about sleep deprivation and how that is negatively impacting our young people today because of the influence that they're always on social media. They're not resting. Even when they go to sleep after being on their devices for hours on end, they're not getting good restful sleep. And I think we're, we are 100% walking away from God's instruction. You said it best. He's given us two gifts. He's given us nightly sleep to recover and rest and trust him. And then he's given us the weekly Sabbath, which is a day which is supposed to be unplugged entirely and plugged into God and family and in an effort to be refreshed. My wife, her word for the year, you know, we wrote a book called One Word That Will Change Your Life. Her word for the year is restore. And she was going back and forth between rest and restore. And then she discovered that rest is the front end of restore. So she ha- she kind of has a two for one <laughs> word this year. But I love where you started this. Take care of your soul. Take care of your health. And I think you probably do that as well as anybody. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a big fitness fanatic. I love uh, staying in shape. I love being a competitor uh, that obviously served me well in the Marine Corps. And it served me well beyond but I remember even back in my, my days in college of uh, constantly, you know, going to the gym, uh, playing competitive sports, it, mm-hmm. you know, that can also become a sort of idol, you know, especially if, if, if you're like me and you enjoy it as much as I do and you end up kind of focusing on it too much. And so mm-hmm. I remember there was a little uh, I had to put like a little post-it note on my mirror uh, in my college dorm room. And on that post-it note, it, it said that I must learn to check the appearance of my soul as readily as I check the appearance of my body. And wow. uh, I've always tried to, to carry that truth with me that, you know, as, as guys, we love when we're working out, we love to kind of stare in the mirror and kind of flex off a little bit and check out what we got going on. Um, Listen, wait a minute, wait a minute. We only like that if we're in shape. Now, that's true. <laughs> But we only like that if we're in shape. And then otherwise you kind of avoid that, don't you? I I guess. I mean, it, you know, and, and uh, but you know what we, we don't do is is very well, at least, or, or I don't do very well, is mm-hmm. I don't apply that same, you know, level of, of self, you know, self-examination to how am I doing spiritually? How am I doing in my relationship with God? How am I doing in my relationship with my family, with others? So I think that's a very healthy thing to do. I think so too. I think you're spot on. And I think we need it now more than ever because of the pace of, not only because of the pace of life, but because of the volume of noise and information and distraction and negativity that just seems to be kind of flooding the airwaves. We, you know, there's a real desire to unplug. And I think that's a great, uh, it's a great word on the front end of this podcast to encourage our listeners to do that. So let's shift gears just a little bit. I was thinking about this this morning, that the young men and women who serve in our armed forces, 
at, at all levels of the military, whether it's reserves, na- even National Guard, all the way up through to, to those that are deployed today, all of them who serve uh, to protect and defend our God-given natural rights and liberties, number one, in many ways, don't have the same protection themselves. So it's almost like they're being asked to check their civil rights, their natural rights, when they make the commitment to the military. And then, and then maybe even worse than that, number two, they come back to a country or they may come back to a country that has abandoned many of the very liberties that they're out there defending. It, what is, what's going on? Well, you know, you, you nailed it on the head, Jimmy, that uh, many of our service members today uh, no longer enjoy the very freedoms that they've sworn to protect, the freedoms that they are willing to put their life on the line to protect, mm-hmm. and that they make so many sacrifices. They and their families both make sacrifices to protect. And yet uh, nowhere in our Constitution, nowhere in our laws does it ever say that uh, as, a, as a condition of joining the military and serving our nation, that you have to give up or forfeit the very rights that you are protecting. Uh, mm-hmm. and, but that has been a bit of a one-way ratchet, you know, where you just, we, we've just slowly seen those rights and freedoms eroded. And we're now mm-hmm. starting to reap some of the, the, the negative uh, consequences of that in terms of the recruiting and re- retention crisis that our military mm-hmm. is currently in, which is reaching historic levels. You know, and it is because America's young men and women are quickly realizing, well, wait a minute, why on earth would I join an organization and an institution that's going to r- ask me to put myself in danger and in harm's way to protect this thing called the Constitution when in the very next breath, you know, they're telling me that, oh, by the way, you don't you no longer get those same rights that you're that we're asking you to die for. And people are like, hey, thanks, but no thanks. You know, and uh, the two biggest demographics, statistically speaking, that are likely to join the military are Americans who self-identify as highly religious. Okay, so if, if you identify as a high, highly religious and you're between the ages of 18 and 24, you are basically statistically the most likely candidate to join the military. And then right mm-hmm. after that is what we call a legacy, right? So somebody who has a close family member or relative who served in the military. And that makes sense. Yeah. Well, those are the two demographics that we're seeing the greatest drops. You know, mm-hmm. I can't tell you, I've lost count of how many veterans of how many of my own, you know, from my generation of people who joined the military, and I'm part of the 9-11 generation, right? We were, we were the generation that joined the military on the heels of 9-11 after what happened to our country, and we were angry and we wanted something to do about it. And so we joined the military uh, so that we could, uh, you know, it was like we could put our bodies where our mouth was. And, mm-hmm. uh, but even us, you know, who are extremely patriotic, and my my colleagues and veterans that I talk to who are Vietnam veterans, Korea veterans, Desert Storm, Desert Shield veterans, and they tell me one after another, you know, Mike, my, my son or my daughter is thinking about joining the military. And, uh, you know, five years ago, I would have been proud to send mm-hmm. my kid in, you know, to West Point, to the Naval Academy, to boot camp, 
or whatever. And they said, nope, not a chance. I wouldn't dare let them join the military now. And I always have to ask, well, why is that? And they say, because our military has lost its way. You know, the nation is still worth serving and worth worth defending. The military in, in, in itself is a noble institution, but our it, it, our leadership has 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 just led it so far astray. I don't yeah. trust. I don't trust yeah. the leadership of our military to to make the right decisions anymore. It's it's a stunning development, right? For me, my father served in the army many many years ago. He since passed away a few years ago. Um, we have the legacy in that. None of none of uh, my siblings or I served. Uh, we were serving in different ways, obviously, but. What you did was you just said that the legacy component to recruitment, the second most important indicator of recruitment legacy in the family, which makes a lot of sense, right, uh, is is being jeopardized because the people that served are now out. They're not recommending it to their to their sons and daughters. And that's a stunning development. <clears throat> I think the second one. That really what is is troubling is that many people see the military as an extension of this grand social experiment, this uh, indoctrination into this woke nonsense. So when you talk about the number one thing, right, this highly religious, and I would say probably in many ways patriotic folks, highly religious, very disciplined, purposeful, and highly patriotic, they now, they don't want any part of this. And in fact, I, I was thinking back to our earlier podcast where you were on, and we talked about a patriotic purge. I don't know if you remember that. It was this sense that um, there was this intentional removal of people of faith, this intentional removal of people that loved America. Maybe these these young men and women were tweeting about it. Maybe they liked the wrong post. And there was this ideological purge. Are, are we seeing that in the military right now? Oh, without question. I mean, you know, I, I see it. You know, I, I, you know, I still serve although in a very limited capacity now uh which is a a, a different story but you know um I, I actually serve uh at in my civilian capacity on a national blue ribbon committee that's mm. mission is to address the the you know the national security problem that's coming up with readiness and wow. uh you know it's called the national independent panel on service and military readiness. And it's, uh, it, it's, you know, the, the Heritage Foundation is the one that convened it. So our good friends at Heritage, it's chaired mm -hmm. by Congressman Mike Waltz, uh, who himself is, is a veteran. Uh, and it really is a, a blue ribbon committee that I'm, I'm honored and privileged to be a part of. Wow. But that's one of the things that we've already identified is that uh, the military is quickly becoming this, you know, cesspool of wokeism. It's no longer yeah. faith friendly. Uh, mm -hmm. In fact, it's faith hostile. I mean, it'd be one thing if it was just neutral. You know, at least yeah. we can work with neutral, but it's exactly. overtly hostile to faith. And I don't think it's unintentional. You know, I, I think it's 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 absolutely intentional that uh, our this administration and even this Pentagon and the leadership in the Pentagon, mm -hmm. they know exactly what they're doing. And they know, yeah. I mean, take the, the vaccine mandate as an example that. Yes. That all the data shows them the people who have an objection to the vaccine are religious mm. objectors, right? Yes. Those are the people who are saying, I can't, I, I don't want to do this. And, uh, and why? Oh, because I have a sincere religious objection. And so they say, well, wait a minute, you're not willing to set aside your religious convictions 
to do what mm. we tell you to do? And they say, mm. well, no, absolutely not. In fact, the, uh, the law in this country and the Constitution protect my right to not do something that violates my conscience. And the yeah. military says, we can't have those types of people in our military. We need, I hate to use this term, but they, what they really want, they would, ne- they would never say this, but I'm going to say it. Mm. They want mercenaries, right? Just paid mm. mercenaries. People who will take the paycheck and do whatever they're told without question. And that's oh, what they're going to get. And that, uh, you know, that is a very, very dark, dangerous place for our nation to be when you mm. remove the element of morality, the element yes. of conscience, the element of mm. faith from the people who have guns and ammo and tanks and airplanes and bombs. Yes. It's, it's amazing to me, too, right? I've always had this um, this belief, this sense that the reason that our military was so has always historically been so successful is that we are fighting for something greater than ourselves, right? We actually believe that America is special, that it's, it is the first nation that establishes God-given rights, that rights don't come from government, that government needs to be limited and needs to protect our God-given rights. And I've always felt that we feel like we're special because we are, and therefore, when we go onto the battlefield, we truly believe that we are defending something special. Liberties, individual rights, uh, a limited role of government, uh, you know, you being able to exercise free speech and the freedom of your faith without the government shutting that down. And now it, it feels like that's the turning point, right? That now we have to be wondering, are we fighting for that? And number two, do we even have people that are entering the military that share that love of country and and have that highly religious connection? Yeah, I mean, my fear is that the people who are joining the military, I still think there are a lot of them, the majority even, I would say, are, are, are mm-hmm. patriots. You know, I want to make that yes. clear. But yes. I do think that we're going to start to see a much larger number of people who join the military because they see it as a stable job that provides good benefits and a pretty mm-hmm. decent standard of living. And, you know, that's mind blowing to me because that's never what I envisioned military service being. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of, I looked forward to the fact that I, I was going to be living out of a rucksack in yeah. some far off corner of the earth, you know, and it was just me and my, and my buddies, you know, yes. and, and that it, you know, it was us against them kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. Uh, I realize that may have been an overly romanticized view of, of military life, but, mm. you know, the the other end of the spectrum is also a warped and distorted view of what yeah. it means to serve this nation. And and so, yeah. you know, for anybody listening, please, you know, if you think that the reason a good reason to join the military is because, well, they pay for college, they provide health care and dental care. And if you do, you know, if you stay in for 20 years, you'll get your retirement and you'll get a pension. Those are not reasons to join the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm begging and pleading, you know, stay away uh, and go join the post service, post, uh, yeah, the U.S. Postal Service or something, if that if that's what you want. But, you know, yeah. so uh, yeah. this purge that we've talked about before uh, is I, I mean, the evidence is everywhere. You're never yeah. going to hear anybody from the Pentagon admit it. You're never going to hear them even, you know, acknowledge that it's a possibility. But where there's smoke, there's fire, Jimmy. And 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 it, it's happening. And I'm not the only one saying it. 
because yeah. it's the evidence is inescapable and unavoidable. Yes. Well, every single uh, either current military member or former military member that I know that I have relationship with, and I've got some business partnerships with former Navy SEALs, every single one of them will say the same thing that you just said. And there is this um, incredible, I don't know if it's a, well, people are, people are upset about this now. And that's why guys like you and others are getting involved to sound the alarm that we are not going to be ready militarily and that we shouldn't be purging. And I think that's the one thing that I'm encouraged about is that the vast majority of people still in the military and those that have served are in that, that patriotic um, belief system. So, but, but let's shift gears just a little bit because this is, I really want to focus in on what's happening with these vaccine mandates. Uh, and, you know, give us an update. I know that I saw an article uh, on you and your family and about what was happening with respect to your own religious exemption. And we realized that the army, uh, I, I recognize that at the federal level, I believe in federal law now, they're not requiring vaccine mandates in the military. Give us an update on that. And then let's talk a little bit about in practicality what's actually happening. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, it got a lot of attention in the media um, right before the, the, the new year that uh, the president had signed what's called the National Defense Authorization Act. So that's the law mm. that has to be passed every year to to fund the military. And as part of that National Defense Authorization Act, the, the president repealed, I mean, Congress was the one that did it, and the president signed mm -hmm. it into law, but repealing the, the COVID vaccine mandate. And I think a lot of people uh, were misled into thinking, oh, so it's over, right? There's no more, there's no yeah. more COVID vaccine requirement. Everybody can go home happy, and uh, nothing could be further from the truth. You know, it, it, it really, uh, it's a great first step, right? I'm, I'm very pleased that Congress, uh, especially, you know, led by our friends uh, on the Republican side. Uh, they were mm. the ones that demanded this and they were the ones that made it happen. Uh, but it did get bipartisan support eventually. And, and but the, this notion that, oh, well, so it's over now, right? Is, mm. is, is mistaken. Uh, it's not over. And at First Liberty Institute, you know, we, we were one of the very first law firms to file a lawsuit challenging how the Department of Defense was treating service members as a result of the vaccine mandate, specifically not approving a single religious accommodation request, threatening to, to involuntarily separate and kick out and ruin the careers of thousands of people. And we, you know, so our lawsuit was on behalf of, of 35 Navy SEALs. Uh, and then we eventually converted that into a class action. And we've been winning every step of the way. Yeah. And yep. and and Lord willing, we're going to continue to win. But, you know, when the vaccine mandate was repealed, what the Department of Defense started doing was saying, OK, so there's now there's no longer a require. We're no longer able to require people to get the vaccine. So, OK, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll we'll get rid of that. There's no requirement that you get the vaccine. They said, but the law doesn't tell us that we can't use the fact that somebody is not vaccinated. And there are still thousands of people who are not vaccinated in the military because they, right. you know, they 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 challenged it in court. Um, and the de Department of Defense, the Pentagon is is saying, OK, well, if you're one of those thousands who are unvaccinated, there are all kinds of other things we can do to ruin your careers. 
We can make you non-deployable. We can make it so that you're not allowed to travel. You're not allowed to attend certain training schools that are necessary for you to get your promotion. And in the military, a lot of people don't may not realize this. In the military, it's an up or out system. You know, if you mm-hmm. don't promote, if you fail to promote, you only get so many chances and then you and then, you know, they 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 kick you out. And this is happening across the board. And uh I mean, I was just contacted by a, a group of naval aviators. So, so, you know, pilots for the U.S. Navy who said, hey, by the way, I, you know, I don't know if you know this, but we still have what's called an, an a hold uh, on our file. Mm-hmm. So in other words, there's some, you know, notation in their service record that says that they're not, they're, they're not able to be mobilized. In other words, they can't be, they can't do anything overseas. They can't deploy. They can't go on operational mm-hmm. missions. Well, if you're a pilot, you kind of need those, you know, you kind of need the opportunity to, as they say, to get behind the stick, they, you know, stick time, uh, pilots measure their experience by a number of hours in the cockpit. And if you're Mm -hmm. not, if you're in a non-mobilization status, you're not getting those hours in the cockpit. So guess what? You, you, your skills become obsolete and, and they kick you out. So, you know, what we're arguing in court is that although there's no vaccine mandate in place anymore, and so the DOD and the Pentagon is trying to say, oh, see, look, we're not we're not kicking anybody out. There's no vaccine mandate. They're doing mm-hmm. it indirectly. They're achieving the same results just indirectly through other very nefarious methods. And and, and, and so at First Liberty Institute. We refuse to back down and say, oh, great, you know, Congress passed this law. It's all over. OK, you know, uh, no, uh, we will not rest until we get justice for our clients. It's amazing. Well, it's funny because at the very beginning, you said we we all thought it was over. Right. I can tell you I thought it was over when the news came out that the NDAA had had basically said there's no more mandate. Hey, OK, fine. We got it. I thought that was it. I did. And I'm sitting here on this side of the fence. And I think most Americans are thinking, good, we won. That's a, that's a win. You know, that's amazing. There's no more vaccine mandates. I think I posted on it. And now to hear you say, oh, there's, there's so many other ways that a, a, your vaccine status can be used against you is really troubling. And that's what caught my attention when I realized that it was affecting you Personally, you know, and, and I, by the way, I have very close friends that have sons and daughters in the military who are going to listen to this podcast and, and they're going to be concerned because of this. Right. Because especially when you say it's an up or out system, this this is a game changer, especially when you consider the risk of this medical treatment to young, healthy men who are athletes. I mean, that's a whole nother topic that we can get in. I think it's really related, right? It's a very related component of this. You're talking about in the military, some of the most uh, fit uh, athletes, tactical athletes in the history of earth. And you've got these young men who are being bullied, quote unquote, bullied or forced or coerced or threatened into getting this medical treatment and then have a much higher uh, risk of the the heart issues. And we're seeing it in athletics all over the world. Are we seeing it in the military? Is that something that we're seeing? 
Yes. I, I mean, just as just as you said it, right, you, you're seeing it in on the athletic fields. Uh, well, guess what? We're also seeing it on the battlefields, you know, it's a, it, yeah. proverbially speaking, where uh, mm -hmm. the number of service members who just uh, and I hate to use this phrase because it sounds morbid, but just drop dead, you know, without yeah. any explanation, an otherwise healthy individual who just drops dead. Uh, you know, the, the, the numbers are alarming and, yeah. you know, you mentioned that, you know, the, the fact that most of the people in the military are, are tactical athletes. I mean, look at, we talked at the beginning about the fact that I've always prided myself on, 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 you know, physical fitness, being mm -hmm. a competitive athlete, um, being at the top of my game physically. And, you know, and then I'm just a guy, a weenie that sits behind a desk, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the guys that, that First Liberty represents, these Navy SEALs, I mean, these yeah. are the Olympians of the military. Yes. You know, these, these exactly. are the Olympic athletes of, of the military. And to I, – I just saw this morning – in fact, it was this morning I saw a report uh, issued by the Marine Corps, which is my branch mm -hmm. of service, uh, looking at the number of fatalities in the calendar year 2022 and what were the leading causes. And I was very curious. Well, the leading cause – in 2022 was suicide, uh, tragic, right? Followed by car accidents. And, and then, uh, and then it went down, you know, down the list and I kept waiting to see COVID, you know, yeah. I kept waiting to see COVID. And then, and then there was a, 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 a remark in the, in the article that said, um, the commandant of the Marine Corps. So this is the, the four-star general who's the head of the Marine Corps. Uh, has said at the end of uh, although although statistics were not reported, the commandant of the Marine Corps said that there were no COVID deaths in 2022. So I'm thinking, okay, you've just said yourself, right? Nobody has died from COVID, and yet you continue to say that COVID is this massive threat to national Gosh. security, to readiness, and therefore everybody has to get the vaccine. It can't be both. It can't right. be that it's resulted in no deaths at all. And yet at the same time, and, and I know what people are going to say, oh, well, the reason there weren't any COVID deaths is because they got the vaccine. Well, what did I say a few minutes ago? There are thousands of people in the military who are unvaccinated for various mm -hmm. reasons, right? You can be, you can have a medical exemption and not have mm -hmm. to get the vaccine. You can get an administrative exemption. You Unfortunately, you can't get a religious exemption, even though the law says you can. Uh, and so, you know, so it's this nonsense yeah. and, and that to tie it back into something we talked about earlier. You know, people figure this out pretty quickly, Jimmy, that wait a minute. Yeah. You're telling me I have to I have to put something in my body that's causing lots of people to die unexpectedly yeah. or could result in some form of long term health, you know, uh, a health injury to me, to my heart, yeah. to my cardiovascular system. So I have to take the risk of doing that mm. because Same. you think that there's a risk that I'm going to die from COVID when you just told me nobody died from COVID. You know, it's like it, saying, hey, we need you to put poison in your body yeah. because yeah. we're worried that you might get struck by lightning. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. in order to prevent you from getting struck by lightning, we're going to have you take this poison. Yes. And and people, like I said, figure that out and they say, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. I don't yes. need that. Yeah. 
It's it's nonsense, right? And and you're talking about like yourself. I mean, you're a purist of sorts. I am. I'm an athlete, and you know, part of you know, obviously I as knew a believer, that about my, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, listen, when a, when a marine recognizes that in you, you you, I kind of could live on that for thirty days. Um, but you know, it's part of your identity, right? Obviously, as believers, our identity is in Christ. All these other features are and characteristics, they're all just fun. They're fun. They're descriptors, but they're not your identity. But part of who I see myself as is, is an elite athlete. I am going to, as I continue to age, I am, it matters to me to stay healthy and to continue competing. So you're talking about people that are probably taking their personal health, what they put into their bodies very seriously. And so when I started to evaluate, of course, I, you know where I stand on the whole medical treatment thing that, that's been going on for the last two years. When I looked at it, I thought, why do I need that? God's given me this incredible immune system. Uh, I know exactly who this affects. I know who, it, who is at great risk, and I don't fit in any of those categories. And then when you started to see the negative impacts come in and be reported through the VAERS system, and now, of course, we're seeing a lot of evidence. Of course, it'll never be admitted, right? But that's why I asked, is this happening in the military? Because I imagined it would. The youngest, healthiest, most tactical athlete on the planet is going to be affected by this if they go ahead and get this treatment. So listen, you've been personally impacted. And I know you're serving now in the reserves, right? I believe it's the reserves. And I saw an article on you. Tell me how this has impacted you personally. Did you submit for, uh, and then we'll go back to the Navy SEALs, but did you submit for a religious exemption for this medical treatment? Yes. Uh, back, you know, in the very early days uh, of the mandate, I requested a religious exemption. I had the full support of my my command uh, and they, uh, you know, wanted me to get the religious accommodation. Uh, they supported it. But of course, mm -hmm. once it got up to the higher echelons of the Marine Corps uh, and, you know, to the bureaucracy, uh, it was denied. Now, you have a right to appeal. Uh, the initial denial. So I took advantage of that and I appealed the denial. Uh, that was in February of 2022. So that was almost 12 months ago that I submitted that appeal. And mm -hmm. I have still not received any action. I haven't even received an update. They, they don't even, they, I, I think they may have just lost it for all I know, you know, because uh, I check in periodically Hey, what's the status of my appeal? Uh, we don't have any updates for you. Sorry. We'll let you know as soon as we know something, you know? Wow. And so that was in February of 2022. Well, uh, shortly thereafter, I found out I was not notified. I was not given any mm -hmm. notice or warning, no notification. I found out the hard way that lo and behold, the Marine Corps had decided to drop me from being a what we call a drilling reservist. So somebody who's actually, you know, doing my job as a reservist, um, wow. getting paid as a reservist, you know, progressing towards retirement or, or towards the next rank, et cetera. And once you, it, you know, when you go inactive, you don't do, you, you're not allowed to do those things anymore, right? You, you, you lose your pay, you lose your benefits and most important to me and my family, the wizards where it really hurt us was uh, you lose your health care. And wow. my family relied on my military health care, which our listeners will know is, is TRICARE, 
right? That's what it's called in the military. Mm-hmm. And we got cut off. Again, no notice, no, no warning, notice. nothing. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm happy, you know, I'm comfortable sharing this part, which is that uh, the part that really hurt was my family. We adopted a special needs daughter from China mm-hmm. a number of years ago. And, um, you know, she has, a, a, you know, a disability and it's very, it requires a lot of expensive medical equipment and supplies and, and mm-hmm. medical treatment. And um, that can be a very tough thing to deal with when you yeah. are relying on the insurance that you have to help you cover those expenses. Wow. And then one day you you learn again the hard way, oh, those expenses are no longer covered. And so, um, you know, wow. to make a long story short, I had to do a lot of my own investigative work to figure out what happened and how did this happen? Why did this happen? Yeah. And it turns out, um, you know, the Marine Corps decided to move me to inactive status. And uh, again, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to cover a lot of time here and, you know, just in, in yeah. a couple of sentences, but to, to make the long story short, uh, I have repeatedly asked, what can I do? What do I need to do to return to my unit so that I can start doing my job again? So I can start mm-hmm. supporting my country, supporting my family. And I've been told now the only way the Marine Corps will let you back is if you get the vaccine. And this is after, I mean, this is after the mandate was repealed. We're talking after the repeal. And so just within the last couple of weeks, I've been told, yeah, your only option is get the vaccine and then we'll let you back. I mean, okay, I'm hearing this and this makes me mad. I can only imagine what it's doing on your side. I, the, the thing that I keep wondering is why, what, for what end? What point is this? I mean, first of all, we know it doesn't prevent you from getting sick. We know it doesn't prevent you from spreading it. We know it doesn't do what they said it was going to do. This is a, an, it's absolute nonsense. I feel like we're living in the upside down. Why on earth would that be the singular requirement for you to return to active duty, for example, or in the reserves? Why would that be the requirement? It's insane. You know, I, I've asked myself the same question over and over again. And, uh, I, you know, I'm usually, I'm generally an optimist you know, a glass half full kind of guy. Um, in this instance, I, I can't help but think it, it's got to be for no other, no other reason than just being vindictive, right? Knowing, look, I, I, I've been told by plenty of people who are, I have friends on the inside, right? And they all tell me all the time, you know, Mike, you, you, your name comes up a lot. Uh, the folks in the Pentagon know who you are because of your work with First Liberty, Uh, They know what you do. And, you know, and they tell me, be careful, you know, keep your head on a swivel because there there are people who are probably going to try to go after you. And I don't you know, I don't think they mean physically. I just you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And um, well, you said it earlier. You said it earlier. There's plenty of ways to ruin a man's career. Yeah. I mean, and sure enough, you know, they, they found a way that that's my, that's my own personal assessment, right? That that's, that's Mike Berry's assessment of, of what's happening is they figured out a way to get to me and 
Uh, you know, but look, here's the funny thing, Jimmy, is the Marine Corps taught me a lot of things. You know, uh, you yeah. don't spend 18 years in the Marine Corps without learning a few tricks. And one yeah. of the things they taught me was resilience. Yes. And they taught me uh, to, you know, when the lead's flying, you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other and advancing towards your objective. And so guess what, Marine Corps? I'm putting every lesson you taught me to use, you know? Um, why? Because I still believe in the Marine Corps. I still believe in the Marine yes. Corps' mission. I still yes. believe in the Marine Corps' values of honor, mm -hmm. courage, and commitment. You know, yes. and 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 because those you talked about how we identify ourselves and and uh, I still identify as a United States Marine, a proud United yes. States Marine, you yes. know, and I still believe in my country. I still believe mm -hmm. in my Marine Corps. I believe that our leadership has let us down, that, is, that we've been led astray. Uh, but that's not the time to abandon ship. You know, that's right. That's right. That That's the time when you need to hunker down and and yeah. redouble your efforts so that's that's what i'm doing i know that you know that's what first liberty is doing on behalf of yes. our navy seal clients and others you know just because things get tough that's not that's not the time to throw in the towel and yes. um you know well there's no quit there's no quit in you there's no quit in first liberty there's no quit in your other you know, partners in crime, ADF and, you know, Liberty Council and all the rest that are in this with you. I mean, First Liberty is just what I love about you all is you're winning. You're winning a lot. And um, let's talk a little bit about that. The The Navy SEALs case is, is coming up to be argued shortly. I believe February 6th, I think might be the date you guys are yep. bringing this before a federal court, I believe. Um, tell us tell us what's at stake with this. Right. Because, as you said, you're not going to abandon these cases because they're ignoring the rulings anyway. When you win this class action case on behalf of the Navy SEALs, what will that mean, not only for the military, but what will it mean for the rest of us? Well, I, I mean, I think the biggest thing that it means is it, it's going to send the clear message that when you join the military, you do not give up your religious freedom. You know, and, and we, you know, we said that at the very beginning, right? That was one of the very first things we let off with talking about. And, uh, in the fact that our laws in this country have to mean something, and we have a law called the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, yes. uh, sometimes referred to as RIFRA. And RIFRA says that the government cannot discriminate against somebody's religious beliefs, uh, without meeting a very high standard. But, the Department of Defense has for years, it does not just in the vaccine case, but in many other instances, mm. it's always held itself out as like if it's somehow immune to the law because, oh, because it's the military, right? Oh, yes. the, the rules apply differently to us because we, we're the military. And, you know, I've talked to enough senior leaders and observed mm. them in action over the years that I know. A lot of that has to do with the fact that they, they, they believe that courts are supposed to just treat the military as like a black box. Oh, you know, that's the military. We don't want to get into their business. And that the yeah. American public, you know, for many years, the military was one of the most respected and trusted institutions in America. Yes. I got yes. news for you. You, if you re, if you check the, the, it, it, I believe it's the Pew uh, research center that conducts mm. that poll, their numbers are plummeting. 
right? The, wow. the, the American people's trust uh-huh. and respect for the military is plummeting as we yes. speak. So nothing lasts forever, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and just because I'm reading a book right now about the, 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 you know, the rise and fall of Pan Am Airlines, mm. and which was a little bit before my time. But boy, I tell you, uh, yeah. it was impressive how mm. powerful and influential Pan Am was. But boy, wow. how quickly they fell because they started yeah. to believe their own hype. And I think yeah. that's what we're seeing with the Pentagon right now and these bureaucrats that are in there. They believe their own hype and they believe that they will always have the unquestioned trust and, and confidence of the American people and of the courts. And, and so that's one of the big things that this, this case can do. I think it's going to be a wake-up call for people to say they're, they've been getting, proverbially speaking, they've been getting away with murder for yeah. years, you know? right under our noses. No yes. longer. No yes. longer. I love it. I, I think that's big. And I, and I think it's going to be a big, it might be a, like a ripple effect or a trickle down effect that if even the military is going to be held to this standard of honoring religious exemptions. I mean, I can't tell you how many friends that I've had and in Unstoppable Freedom, we've worked with people all over the country to help get their kids religious exemptions so that they could play on college teams. Or, I mean, you can't even imagine. And, and many of them have been denied. And it's a very frustrating, and they've had to appeal the same thing as you. So we're praying for a big, big victory because in the end, I believe that's going to set precedent. It's going to set precedent for all of these other uh, mandatory uh, nonsense. You know, I, I just think even now, most universities are still requiring students to be vaxxed and boosted. It's absolute insanity. We're hoping for a really big win in this arena for the SEALs so that the rest of us will benefit from that. Um, you know, and, and listen, Mike, keep fighting. You know, we're going to be praying for you. I'm going to get the word out. Could you leave our audience? We've got a lot of military families who listen. We've got a lot who have um, young men and women in the military. Can you encourage them so that they can pass on a message to their to their kids who are serving just that might encourage them? Well, um, the first thing I would say is military service continues to be a very noble and honorable uh, tradition in this country, right? Mm -hmm. So you have every right to be proud. If you're serving, if you've got a family member who's serving, you tell them how proud you are of them Uh, because what they're doing, and 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 that's, I don't care whether they're vaxxed, they're unvaxxed. Vaccination is a personal decision, right? That's that's part of what we're fighting for. So uh, I've got great friends and colleagues here at First Liberty who are vaccinated. So it's not a matter of if you're vaccinated, somehow you're you're the bad guy. No, it's about it's about the ability to have the the right to choose, you know, which is funny because those words, you know, the freedom to do to my body used to have a different meaning, you know, just a few years ago than it does now. But uh, the other thing I would say is, you know, I've thought about this a lot. I mean, is it that for people who have served, who are veterans, who are currently serving, we hear from people all the time. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. You know, I so appreciate what, you know, what you did for our country or what you're doing for our country. Yes. And, you know, you, if you tell, if you ask a veteran, what's your response to that? They always tell you it's kind of awkward because you're supposed to say you're welcome, you know, or whatever. And right. so, you know, what I think about is when somebody says, thank you for your service, 
I will, I will, it, it, to the best of my ability, I try to tell them the best way you can thank a veteran is by living a life worthy of the sacrifice that they made. Oh, and so that's, that's what I would tell our listeners, right? If you want to, if you want to mm-hmm. show your gratitude to our service members and our veterans, live a life that is worthy of their sacrifice. Wow. And by that, I mean, take advantage of the freedoms that we enjoy in this country that so many around the world don't enjoy. Don't let those freedoms quietly slip away, right? Under the, the, under, under the, you know, the hand of bureaucracy uh, or the oppressive hand of, 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 you know, a tyrant, Mm. you know, take advantage of the freedoms that you have live out your faith openly, freely, unapologetically. That's how you thank a veteran. Mm -hmm. That is a great spot to end today's uh, conversation. Mike, as always, just a pleasure. There's so much in here that's going to encourage our audience. Thank you so much for being on the front lines. You're definitely, you're a hero. I know you you don't want to hear that, but you're one of my heroes for sure. And, and I will answer that call to live my life in such a way that honors the sacrifice of those who have served. It, it reminds me of my faith. You know, when Jesus says, live a life worthy of the calling, you know, Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice, lived, and di- lived a perfect life, died for us, rose from the dead so that we could be free in Christ. And then now our call is to live in such a way that honors that sacrifice. The same is true. It's a very similar parallel. Let's do the same thing for those who serve in the military. Mike, God bless you, man. Appreciate you so much. Thanks for having me. Always, Always fun. 